Hope Community Church. How's it going? Uh, getting back into our Colossians study. Uh, we've been using the Mirror Translation, the Mirror Bible. Um, a couple posts back, I did put a link uh, to some places where you could either get a physical hard copy, a Kindle copy, or you can also uh, get the app and uh, can check out uh, you know, where we're at and reading right along. Um, some really good stuff. I, I even posted a message uh, that Francois Dutois did a few years back on being in the goodness of the Father. It's really good. If you, if you got some time, take a, you can uh, take, a, take a listen. Some good stuff. Um, but we left off in chapter 2 at verse 7, so we're going to kick right into verse 8, kind of read through some of these and talk about them. Uh, Paul's talking again, and he says, Make sure that you become no one's victim through empty philosophical intellectualism and meaningless speculations molded in traditions and repetitions according to mankind's cosmic codes and superstitions and not consistent with Christ. What's he saying? Just break it down. This is any teaching that leaves you with a sense of lack and imperfection rather than completeness is a distraction from the truth. Anything that leaves you in a place where you do not feel like you are perfect in him, where you feel like you're not good enough, any message where you feel like that you are not valuable, that is a, that is a distraction from who the Father is and from who you really are. Um, it's going to lead you in a place of anxiousness and stress and doubt and fear. And Paul's saying, stay away from those things. Connect with the things that you find in the Father that lead you up into your reality, the real you. All right. So verse 9, everything that God is fully resides in Christ in a human body. It is in him that God finds detailed expression of himself. God inhabits flesh. Our own completeness is mirrored in him. His I amness in us defines us. He is the final authority in heading up mankind's authentic identity. Check this out. Christ is the complete picture of who the Father is. There are so many people who are trying to tell you what God is like. Uh, so many religions, so many different um, uh, denominations, uh, different teachings, all of it trying to express who the Father is. But if you do not see Jesus in that description, then it is not a picture of the Father. Because all of God and all he is fully resides in Christ. And he showed us that in the Gospels. And so when you read the Gospels, you're getting a picture of who the Father actually is. And the the sweet thing about that is, is not only do you see a full picture of who the Father is, but you see who you are in Jesus. He's the mirror. He is who we are. He are who we are intended to be. His I amness is defined, or his I amness defines who we are. He's the final authority about us. So he is the final authority about who the Father is, and he's the final authority about who we are. Let's look at verse 11. You were in Christ when he died, which means that his death represents your true circumcision. Sin's authority in the human body was stripped off you in him, dying your death. In the same parallel, your co-burial and joint resurrection is now demonstrated in baptism. Your co-inclusion in Christ is what God's faith knew when he powerfully raised him from the dead. You were once spiritually dead. 
as, con as confirmed in your constant failure, being bound to a lifestyle ruled by the distorted desires of the flesh. But now God has made you alive together with him, having forgiven you all your trespasses. Last verse. His body nailed to the cross hung there as a document of mankind's guilt in dying our death. He deleted the detailed handwritten record of Adam's fall. Every stain that sin left on our conscience was fully blotted out. <clears throat> when Christ died, you died with him. He died our death. All of eternity um, was wrapped up in that moment. The, the, the murderous expression of us living in darkness, we were crying out for blood and Christ took that spot. And where we were once, it says in verse 13, we were once spiritually dead. We were once living in darkness. We were once living in confusion. We, we didn't know uh, who we were, didn't know who the Father was, so we were ignorant, and we were living in that ignorance, and that ignorance led us to a place of dis distorted desires, led us to a point to where we actually murdered the Son of God. And so the reason why we can now stand and say that we are in him, we are complete, and we can find our true identity, and we can see who the Father is, is because of the act of sacrifice that Christ made on the cross. And so when he died, we died. And when he rose from the dead, we rose from the dead. And the beautiful thing is, is that we have um, these things that we do called communion, called baptism, that is a representation of that act that took place 2000 over 2000 years ago uh, when when you're baptized you're you're not only telling yourself but you're telling the entire world that Christ died for me so I could be the real me so when I come out of this water it's a representation of me being awakened to who I really am his completeness in the father shows us our completeness in him. He shows us our true identity. And what he did on that cross, it deleted our corrupt thought patterns, how we, th how we thought about ourselves, how we, how we see ourselves, how we see the Father, how we see other people. All of that was deleted at the cross. And so when we go back to those systems of thought, those speculations, those quote-unquote cosmic codes, those rules that we think we have to follow to gain favor from the Father and gain favor from other people, all that does is bind us up into who we used to be and takes us back to darkness. But Christ freed us from that. So there is no cosmic code. There is no repetition. There is nothing that we have to follow now. We were buried with Christ and risen with him so now we can stand in present reality with him and the father so good so good so we're gonna we're gonna keep going in Colossians uh, we'll, we may finish um, chapter 2 on Monday uh, but I am excited about tomorrow uh, we'll be meeting at 1030 online 
and uh, we'll uh, gather and and spend some time in the Father's presence and pray for one another and uh, share some things that's been happening, uh, some good stuff, some good news that'll that'll uh, fill your heart up and uh, make you uh, just uh, full of hope and. Uh, Maybe in the interactions and in the comments, we can share some good things that's been going on and maybe share those things uh, with each other. Um, I thought, and well, I'll just save that for tomorrow. I'll make that announcement tomorrow. I got a really cool idea that we can um, uh, do that kind of, I know we miss each other's face, <laughs> miss, miss time with each other. So uh, I, miss, I miss your face. Um, uh, <laughs> but. Um, uh, sorry, Lindsay's over there and she's making comments that are funny and I'm trying not to laugh at her. You're failing. <laughs> I'm failing miserably. She also was pointing, pointing at all the all the bolt birds that were right flying around too. Right. I've been inside for a while. <laughs> <laughs> but um, tomorrow we'll, we'll, we'll talk about some of that and uh, have a good time. Um, so uh, tomorrow, 1030, uh, tune in. It's going to be awesome. Uh, set your kids out and hang out and... Uh, Spend time with us tomorrow. Thank you guys for tuning in.